TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The score! Man, Brock, as Brock goes, you know, he's the leader of this team. Uh, everything starts with him. Uh, he's one of the best players I've ever played with. Uh, and to, to be able to do it just in his second year, I think... You know, what he's done, not just if you look at the numbers, you know, and you, you didn't put his name at it, you would you would be in awe. Um. Christian McCaffrey, you're going to be hearing and seeing a great deal of him leading up to and throughout Super Bowl Sunday. Our next guest has a special Super Bowl edition of her show coming out tomorrow night. It will be 9 o'clock Chicago time on CBS Sports Network. Andrea Kramer, one of the co-hosts of We Need to Talk, joins us now on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino, CircaLasVegas.com. Andrea, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? We are doing... Are you in Chicago or are you in Vegas? We're no, in Chicago. Yeah, we got stuck. Oh, yeah, okay. we're... It might be warmer there than it is here in Vegas, but that's okay. That's actually, okay. actually, yes, the last couple of days, that has been the case. <laughs> it was 60 degrees here yesterday, and it's a, right. a nice 50 and sunny here today. How, oh, many, wow. how many Super Bowls is this for you? Um, well, this is 31. I started when I was 10. You that's know how right. It is, guys. Yes. 31. Mm-hmm. If you count the one at which I gave birth, yes, 31. Um. And uh, but it's always it truthfully it's always really special for me to talk to you guys in Chicago since that's really where my TV career started. So uh, at, you know, opening ESPN's bureau back in 1989. So I love talking to you guys and um, and happy to be on with you. But yes, it is it is number 31, and and I must admit I never thought I'd see one in Las Vegas. And uh, and it proves to you that you should always stay open minded about these sorts of things. Right. <laughs> well, with, with seeing 31 Super Bowls, I'd love to know your perspective on what are the things that you feel like the NFL has gotten better at in that time frame? And where do you think it, as as an event they can get better? Oh, my gosh, that's a great question that I'm probably not prepared to to fully to fully answer as I try to you know whip through my, my memory banks. But gosh, just the magnitude it, which seems so obvious is just is it's really just incredible in every way the um, the explosion of of media attention and every single thing becomes an event in itself. Uh, you know, media day used to be just that media day, and and you'd go in and yeah, there were always a, a share of of sort of some you know, strange creatures that showed up and asked funky questions and all, but now it's a made for TV experience. 
And and I guess the irony is, if you're a real reporter who's here covering the game, uh, there. Pardon me. There's so much other stuff that surrounds the limited media availabilities that you have to work even harder to to get your information, to do your reporting, because you're you have to cut through all the entertainment stuff. So I think that. It, I don't even know how they could make it any bigger, but if any but any entity is going to find a way, it will be the NFL. Uh, but certainly, it's it's gotten to the point where uh, there's so many different associated events, so much that they do in in the community. I really I really don't know how how they could make it any bigger and better. Is just going to be a, a, ma- a matter of you know for the media certainly is just greater, greater access. You know, like on Fridays, it used to have the two coaches come together and, and have that availability, and they'd stand with the the uh, Super Bowl trophy, and you'd always analyze the body language. Is somebody going to touch it? Is somebody going to get near it? Is somebody going to look at You know, sort of joking around in that respect. But, you know, just limited amount of time that you that you have to, uh, to, to actually be around and talk with the players and coaches. It's almost become a, more of a, a, a mirror to larger things that we use it as a, a a prism through which we view so much more than just football, and that's never been more true than this year. Because why of, would you possibly say that? I can't imagine. <laughs> well, it's it's been it's been fascinating, and frankly, a little a little gross. Because wait, can you wait. Can, can I ask you a question? Can yeah. I ask you a question? <laughs> can you imagine if social media existed in the days of Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe? And for any of your listeners who don't know who they are, just Google them. Okay. But really, yes, you're 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 exactly right. I think I think it's a very very uh, thoughtful thoughtful observation. It does com- completely because it it looks at the confluence of of entertainment and sports and pop culture and and you know the NFL's loving it. And rather than say, hey, I'm going to seek out an assistant coach and get a few minutes and talk about how they're going to cover kickoffs, that's so much of it now that we're getting people from every aspect of media talking about the larger American condition. And the mm. t- to me this year, the, what we've seen is the exposure of a, a very nasty, toxic narcissistic masculinity that that has been that has been openly on display rather than being a subtext or an undercurrent to football that people have been wearing it proudly and frankly for lack of a better term just showing their ass and right well yeah keep going i'm sorry please no, it's just it's just this is the first it's, it's really laid bare in a way that has that i don't think we've seen before right well look the the whole notion, and this is sort of tangential to to what you're talking about, but uh, at the core, it's, I think it's the same same theme really, which is starting back in with Colin Kaepernick and this whole idea of stick to sports, just dribble, just throw the whatever it is. Those days are gone, okay. And so anytime you start to inject the toxic, to use your excellent word. The, the politics, the, the, um, the, just the divisiveness that exists in the country today and certainly in the media, now you've put that into the sports uh, pantheon. But come on, some of these conspiracy theories 
are just uh, you. You that who who did I say this to last night at NFL Honors? I said, uh, obviously the NFL starts the season with this whole commercial thing with Keegan Michael Key sitting around the table. They're scripting everything. They could not have ever scripted this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift thing, even though some people think they did, right? Or but I think that there's just there's so much that's out there that makes people skeptical and. You know, and then there's a whole bunch of people that are sort of like, hey, you know, fairy tales. This is this is great. This is really fun. Bottom line for me, guys. All right. For all the years that I've covered sports, I've always believed that a a player or somebody's personal life is just that unless it affects their professional life, their professional career in some capacity. Okay, And uh, that line has certainly been crossed here because, again, if Taylor Swift is going to come to the games and be that open and vociferous and enthusiastic a fan, then she's going to get covered. It's just that simple. And I think that she's handled it about as well as can, can be the case. Uh, of course, you know, she may want a little bit more privacy, but that's just not the way the world works. And she, she knows, she knows that her people know that. So, you know, this is just, this is just the way it is. But if you're, if you're putting yourself out there and, and they are, then they should expect to be covered. But again, let's never lose sight of the fact that Travis Kelsey is one of the greatest tight ends of all time and certainly of his gen- best of his generation. And, um, and if he is going to uh, put those skills out there, then whoever he is dating is, is going to be front and center as well. Andrea, we need to talk Phil's space that wasn't really available. And I think that you all do a really incredible job of giving different perspective. Considering that you've covered the NFL for a really long time, have you found Roger Goodell's answers to questions about NFL media and a lack of diversity even inside of of NFL media, have you found it satisfactory? I don't think he even addressed it this year, did he? It was so limited. Um, well, he, and thank he you for did, your kind words about our show. <laughs> see, Andrea, he did. But see, specifically, what I noted was when yeah. at, when asked about black representation, he pivoted. His answer, right. his answer right. was about well, fifty one percent women, minorities are women. I'm like, whoa, 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 we didn't. You weren't asked about women, and it's almost like right. he decided to cloak himself in his altruism toward women as a way of right. deflecting, which I, I I didn't like it. Well, look. I think that um, you're always going to have a segment of the population that does not believe that women should be covering sports. Women should be uh, on the sidelines or in a, in a broadcast booth as Hannah storm and I did for five years with Amazon Thursday night football. And that's fine. And that's why people have options and the ability to watch and listen to whoever and whatever they want. Uh, But there, there's still people that are out there and either your work is going to convince them that it's, it has merit or not with, with respect to, we need to talk. It's just so interesting to me because all these years, whether it's Amy Trask, whether it's Pam Oliver, whether it's, you know, any of my, my closest friends in the business, we've always talked about this stuff. We're always talking ball. We're always talking what, whatever it is. And I guarantee you that our conversations are just as thoughtful and knowledgeable and informed 
as any two men out there. So now all of a sudden we have a show where we just sort of get to turn the cameras on and do that. And it's really been fun to, to, to have that just to talk, talk sports with your friends who, by the way, happen to be women. Uh, but listen, I think that I, I, I can't say that the commissioner reflects a portion of the population that's out there, but nobody wants to just be doing their job to check some boxes, whether you're women, whether you're, whether you're, uh, you're black men or women, what you don't want to do that. At some point we have to stop kind of talking about what people look like and just listen to what they have to say. And yeah, I, but again, to get back to your, our previous part of the conversation, that's something that has to exist in all media and it's not going to happen anytime soon and probably not in our lifetimes, which is unfortunate, but Yes, I would love to see more genuine support for women in media, generally women covering football. Uh, it's just it's it's there's nothing we can do to change it other than continuing to be the best at what we do, the best at our jobs. It's been always a- let, the, the proverbial let actions speak for themselves. It, it's been a really rough year for those of us who care about sports media. And and huh, you think, yeah, you think 17 yeah. years. I was in real sports for 17 years. That's yeah. what I wanted to talk to you about. Like yeah. be, between yeah. what happened with real sports, what's happening with Sports Illustrated, you know, right. questions about like uh, sideline reporting accuracy. There's been, oh, a, there's been there's been a lot of punches to the gut. Can we just talk about sports now? I'm only nah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, as someone that was in the middle of of what was a seminal sports program, like like real sports. Right. How how do you feel seeing that level of journalism inside of sports no longer really being uh, achieved by networks or being valued by networks? Right. I, I mean, I'm I'm going to use this word, but I want to use it very selectively because again, we're, we are talking about you know media here. It's tragic. It's tragic for 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 journalism, and I don't even just mean sports journalism. I mean journalism. Uh, I, I've been very outspoken about it um, in terms of I feel that real sports filled a void that I just don't see anybody else stepping up to do for a variety of reasons. There's partnerships with leagues. There's there's just there's different economic concerns. Um, and it was just it was just storytelling at a completely different level. It was investigations. It was the time put in. It was from a from a journalistic standpoint. You're talking about the highest bar that could possibly be set from, by our producers and 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 the the people that ran the show. Uh, it's it's really hard. I I want to as a as a positive person. I want to sort sit there and say, I'm so grateful that I was there for 17 years on the longest running show on HBO, um, and I certainly feel that way. But when I think about what's missing now it's really hard just to reflect on that with respect to sports illustrated i have every sports illustrated since the 70s i was the kid who ran home oh my god who's going to be on the cover i read every single thing word for word i couldn't wait to see rick riley at the at the back of the at the you know the back of the column page uh, and that but that's been that's been like a slow death right because that Sports Illustrated that we loved, the Gary Smiths and 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 the Frank DeFords and and that caliber writing, that started to wane years ago, and it's just 
So it's been sort of like a slow death watching them uh, as they're all into just clicks and things of that nature. So that journalism is gone. And yeah, it's really hard, guys. It really, really is hard because where are the great stories that are that are going to be told? And more importantly, where are the great stories that need to be told that that where you can really open people's eyes to issues that exist? That people in their don't eyes. want told. No, that's to, to me. The, the critical aspect is that we know what people want and we know what the leagues want. But, right. but increasingly, I'm I'm fearful that there aren't going to be people who are doing the work to tell the stories that the people in power don't want you to know. Right, right, right. You know, it's 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 interesting just for me um, of late, which is kind of kind of uh, just I don't know if I call it coincidental or, or reflective of, or anything like that. But uh, last year, early on, did a big story on grass versus turf. And that's back in the news, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a my, my final story for our last original show was a 12 years in the making profile of Jim Irsay, where he spoke very honestly and openly about his issues. And then, you know, tragically, he o- overdoses in December. And it's just it's sort of like this is part of the DNA of real sports is that we've always introduce you to people, covered people, or open people's eyes to certain issues that continue to remain front and center in, in, uh, in the news. This happens all the time. So many stories that, that the amazing people at Real Sports have done over the years, and then they continue to, to really shine the light, as, as you say. Uh, so yeah, it's hard. It, it's hard. But again, I have to try to feel positive that stories are still going to be told. Washington Post is doing a great job. The Athletic um, is managing to juggle the clicks with the with some really, really, really strong journalism and allowing the writers to, to do that. So you have to hope that it's going to be out there, even if it's going to look different than it did when Real Sports was in its prime, which, by the way, was like three months ago. <laughs> Andrew, before we let you go, I know you also have a story that's going to be airing this weekend, NFL Game Day on NFL Network. Tell us about right. that. Yeah, it's. Um, I always try to look at sort of what are some of the big trends this year. And anything having to do with quarterbacks is always front and center. But this is certainly the year of the backup and a year when maybe do we have to revisit what it means to be a franchise quarterback. Oh, by the way, they will be dealing with that in your hometown, right? But uh so it's a story on on what does a franchise quarterback look like, and it's a really thoughtful discussion with Aaron Rodgers. That's correct. We just talk ball, and when we just talk ball, he is terrific. Uh, Bruce Arians, from a coach's standpoint, and Steve Young, uh, who is always just you know just phenomenal in his analysis. So I just it's a it's, I think it's a really really interesting conversation, sort of on the state of quarterbacking, but also what it means to be a franchise quarterback, looking at backup quarterbacks and. And the necessity of them are are they more important than ever? Do teams have to prioritize more more so than ever? So uh, so that'll be running on game day, and then I'll come out of that and have a, uh, a continuing conversation with Kurt Warner and Steve Mariucci. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, I always appreciate that the NFL Network gives me the time to tell some of these uh, some of these bigger stories that uh, do reflect themes of the season. Andrea, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. 
Well, thanks, guys. I didn't know exactly what we were talking about, but it was certainly a wide-ranging, really, like I said, thoughtful conversation. I appreciate the uh, the uh, the really interesting questions, and um, and hopefully we can continue this conversation and others uh, in the future. And to you and all your listeners, enjoy the Super Bowl and stay healthy. We'll look forward to it. Andrea Kramer, thank you. Next up, Joe Ostrowski. This is his time. The world bends around him. (laughs) He is the center of all things. And he's got your full menu of wagertainment stuff next on The Score. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, midday 10 to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. I have a daily sports betting show. We couldn't live without Joe Ostrowski. Oh, he's got a lot of Herbert Hoover in him. I got to tell you that much. It's Joe Ostrowski's world. We're all living in it right now. He is at Joe Ostrowski on Twitter. BetQL Daily, early odds, BetMGM game day. And he joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, CircaLasVegas.com. It's all you, man. I, I don't even. I don't even feel like I've got to ask you anything. Well, well, wait. Before we do the Super Bowl <laughs> stuff, why don't we do yeah. a little bit of Bear stuff? So, what? There are odds now on where Justin Fields ends up going. Yeah, they don't waste any time. They're moving right along. You had the award show last night. Now we've got MVP odds uh, for next season. Caleb Williams, by the way, seventy-five to one. Uh, but yeah, they, there are odds posted right now on Justin Fields' next team, or what, I guess it's defined. Where is he going to take his first snap next season? And the favorite is Pittsburgh, the Chicago Bears. Really? <laughs> but I don't agree with it. Um, that typically does happen. Look, he's here. You don't need anything to occur for him to, to be with the Bears for that to hit. But I would never bet that at plus 175. So like real favorite. It's not Pittsburgh. What Atlanta? That's the connection we keep hearing about, right? We've been hearing about it for how long? Um, yeah, Atlanta is up there. A bunch of teams. 
Don't know what they're going to do with at quarterback. Atlanta's right there at plus 175. Then it drops a little bit to Vegas at plus 550. That ain't happening. Yeah. Oh no. Not with the <laughs> not with their OC. <laughs> what about what about the Patriots? So then it's Washington, Pittsburgh, Seattle. They're all bunched together at eight or nine to one. Washington, Pittsburgh, Seattle. Then it drops down to Denver and New England at 16 to one. Okay. All right. All right. Good. So th- there's the Justin Fields odds. Now yeah, let's and- talk about the game. Yeah, to- yep. Today's the day that people will get the information that, and then they'll start betting on Reba, right? Yeah. Reba and all that stuff. So here's the thing. It's been up all week. We talked about it last Friday, Yep. but I was looking this morning and it was taken down already. Like they're it. not playing any games. Yeah. Look, I'm it, it was bet all the way up to I saw it yesterday at 90 and a half seconds. It started at 83 and a half and people kept betting the over. I I say under we'll, we'll find out. I can't wait to find out. Um look, I I'm hearing like all these takes on vocal pacing and when you get up in age, you know, she's 68 years old, you you start singing the same songs a lot longer than in the 70 when you were much younger. So I mean, people are trying to break this down every which way, but the bottom line, I'm leaning more towards the the sporting events where it was like a minute five. It was like a minute 15 on most of these. So I, I still think that we're we're inside a minute and a half. Do you agree with your colleague, Nick Costos, that this is not a particularly attractive betting Super Bowl, that it may be a great football game? But he, uh-huh. he didn't find it all that interesting because he said, look, there's only a handful of Chiefs that really materially touch the football. Yes, but I, I think that could narrow your focus a little bit. Like, I think it, it helps you with concentration for MVP bets, for prop bets. Yeah, we had him on the show, and he said the exact same thing to us. Um, I, I kind of feel that way. I, I agree with him a little bit. Because I don't have a strong opinion on the side, meaning Kansas City plus two or San Francisco minus two. But I don't think you need to. This is the biggest sports betting event of the year. There are literally thousands of ways that you can bet this game. I don't think you have to have an opinion on which team is going to win or which one's going to cover the spread or will the over or under 47 and a half hit. I think there are plenty of ways to attack it and you know, when it's all said and done, I guarantee you Nick has at least 30 to 50 bets on this game. I would agree with you on, <laughs> on that front. That's what he said. He said it was in the 20s or in the 30s. Yeah. So, so what's what's got you interested? As you start to look down and, and drill down on this, what are the ones that you're saying, okay, that, that could make for an interesting night of watching? Okay, so I'll uh, go over some of the player props first. As far as the passers, the quarterbacks, Um, I'm looking at Mahomes not to throw an interception. That's pretty much a uh, a toss-up bet right now. His last six playoff games, he has not thrown a pick. He does not have a turnover-worthy play in his last four games. And in Mahomes' 17 playoff games, 13 of them, he has not thrown an interception. So I'd be willing to bet Mahomes not to throw a pick, but Purdy does at some point. And the price is about the same. Uh, for both of those bets. Rushing props, guys, very popular because we're talking about attacking the weakness of both defenses, both very poor at stopping the run. Like big picture wise, I look at and say, well, how important is that 
when you're building a team, when you have offensive geniuses, it doesn't really matter if you could stop the run because these two teams are terrible at it and they're playing in the Super Bowl. But um, I the Christian McCaffrey numbers are too high for me to get involved there. Purdy, super popular. I understand why. He's had a lot of rushing attempts lately. But the number's gone up from 10.5 to 12.5 for Purdy rushing yards. I'd be scared off by that because, you know, kneel downs, that could get you in the end. Uh, a few years ago, we've talked about it on this show. Mahomes was way over on the rushing yards. It was a popular bet. Three kneel downs at the end, goes minus 15, and then he ends up under. That's always a possibility. So if you're looking at Purdy, I'd go rush attempts at three and a half instead. And game script, a lot of, a big part of this, obviously. But Pacheco, 66 and a half rushing yards. Uh, touchdown is right around even money now for Pacheco. I think that's a pretty good look. Kelsey's probably going to be the most popular player prop, and I can't argue against it. I'm surprised to see that the number is still hanging around 70 and a half receiving yards. His last 12 playoff games, Kelsey has at least 71 receiving yards in all of them. So, and you know, Mahomes doesn't trust many guys right now. There's a couple guys he's willing to go to. I think Kelsey's going to be one of them. Joe, are you willing to stroll down narrative street with, with Kelsey on, MV, on, on game MVP? Was it like 16 to one is where I think it started. I don't know where it is now. Okay, it's I saw it 20 last week. It was 17 most of the week. Now it's 14. I'm absolutely willing to. So I think if Chiefs win, it's most likely one of two guys. It's Mahomes or Kelsey. And one of those two guys is 14 to 1. So if you think the Chiefs are going to win, I think that's a pretty strong play. Uh, the part that I don't think a lot of people are aware of is that 20% of the vote for MVP is a fan vote. Like It's got to be Kelsey. Almost no matter what you would think because of the Swifties. So I I'm willing to go down narrative street for sure. Like we could we could see it where what does he need? If he has a stat line similar to last week where he's over a hundred yards and he and he gets the volume. When we see non-quarterbacks win like receivers with Cooper Cup, with Edelman, it's volume catches. So nine, ten catches, I think he absolutely could be there. And if they win, uh he could be the MVP. We always talk about bets to make. If you're advising somebody who is sort of a dilettante or just uh, uh, doing this because they only do it on the Super Bowl, is there anything you say definitely avoid? Like, don't do this because it's it's a it's a it's a trap. Coin toss. <laughs> Stop betting the coin toss, and then all the sports books are going to tweet out on Sunday that their most popular prop of this game. There's people laying juice, uh, betting on, on the coin toss of that game. That That's one that's always very popular. Um, Is that I the would... equivalent of, like, betting red or black on a roulette wheel that also has two green slots? Oh gosh, kind of. Because I keep seeing people bring this up. Well, last year it was this. And all time in the Super Bowl, here are your coin toss stats. Doesn't matter. Gambler's fallacy. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that is certainly something that – that I would stay away from overall. I would say if you're jumping in now, what we're talking about with player props is our, our overs. Cause okay. We want, we want to see someone succeed in, in most cases. When you have a strong opinion, it's not about failure on one side. It's about which guy I think is going to have a big Super Bowl. What the pros do as far as props is they bet the overs early and they bet the unders late. 
a lot of them are, have made their bets and they're sitting and they're going to wait until Sunday. Then they're going to go on the hunt and they're going to look for the McCaffrey's, the Kelsey's. And let's see how high all of these numbers have moved. And then they're going to bet under on those. Much of the public is not going to do it. I would not uh, make all your wagers on overs uh, su- on Sunday afternoon. You're getting the worst of the number. Um, I, I For this game and just how it sets up with the coaching style on both sides can be very conservative. And, and where they're playing at Allegiant, which is a very kicker-friendly stadium, I've actually found myself, and I've heard from a lot of sharper guys talking about the exact same thing, looking at kicker props. I think that that could be a good look as far as uh, as far as this game. The longest field goal over 47 and a half. I don't mind that one over three and a half field goals made is plus 125. If you want to go there, both teams to make a, a kick of at least 33 yards. You feel really good about Butker. It's about Moody on the other side. Um, is is he going to get get the job done? But you know, people always want to see two-point conversions, more than two players to throw a pass. I would stay away from that in this matchup. The San Francisco 49ers have not attempted a two-point conversion all year, guys. And and KC's near the bottom. Maybe some of that game script because they were playing from out in front. But, uh, yeah, I, I would bet against some of that stuff happening. But uh, the other side is going to be very popular. Joe, are there any usher bets? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's... Plenty of usher bets. Whether Little John will come out or Ludacris is going to come out is that is that on the on the list of bets? Number of songs, first song, last song, always very popular. Now, um, I, I've seen in recent days the the outfit stuff is coming off the board. Um, will a nipple make an appearance as a bet? <laughs> so you can do that if you want i did actually sit there and watch the entire press conference yesterday i was, I was trying to figure out is, is he gonna give us any hints about what song he's going to uh start out with it's boring but it just feels like he's gonna start with oh my god and yeah we'll be your closer right i mean that that would are, make all the sense in the world pretty obvious yeah i would think maybe so. you got it bad somewhere in there in the middle confessions i'd see i don't think he can get away like Confessions changes the whole vibe of the of the Super Bowl if he were to do that. I, nice and slow. I maybe you know what maybe nice and slow gets in there somewhere, but I don't know if you can do confessions. What like, about DJ falling in love? DJ got us falling yes, in love. That yeah, will be played. I, that might be the first song. Like that. That's one of those ones that I could see being the first song. But I feel like yeah has to be the like that. That has to be the the one you close with. So the trend lately has been just amping up the number of songs that you can play in, in your 13 minutes that you get. How many songs do you think Rihanna did last year? Six. I was going to say she did five. Five? Yeah, how many did she do? 15. She did 15 songs? 15 songs. Yeah. Oh. I was, it, that's been the trend lately. Even the weekend, he did nine. So... The over-under was eight and a half. It's hard to find, but I'd bet over nine and a half. I'd bet over ten and a half on that. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, lastly, did the Bulls number move at all? Wins no. or championship possibility? No, nothing. Nothing. All right. Nobody, okay. All right. That's nobody, that. Yeah, nobody really cares. <laughs> no one cares. The Bulls. Even no. them, including the Bulls. They don't even care either. Uh, That's jo- the beautiful thing about it. Joe, happy, healthy. I know this is your, your holiday, so uh, have a good one to you and yours. Thanks, guys. Uh, You guys enjoyed as well.
That is Joe Ostrowski, BetQL Daily, Early Odds, and MGM Game Day. We've got High Noon coming up. Rough night for a Chicago institution last night. I have a fun football skit in the birth of it. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace Saloon. Yeah, right. When? High noon? Your last high noon of the week, your last one before the Super Bowl. We spent the first hour lamenting the state of the Chicago Bulls. Go Bulls! Where competitive this seems... This is really good. No, they're not. They're the nine seed. They're fine. They're, it's, they're, 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 they're just fine. okay. But, they, but okay isn't okay. okay. Correct. Okay is not okay. And it's by, and AK is not okay because he said he owes it to the fans to just remain competitive. No, ask us, ask us, ask us. Please aim for higher than that. Cody Westerland, who was part of the press conference yesterday, joined us as well. Andrea Kramer, always a delight to talk to her. A wide-ranging interview, and you should go back on the Odyssey app. Use the Rewind feature to give that a listen. She's got a bunch of stuff going on, including... A show tomorrow night that we need to talk on CBS Sports Network. She'll be a part of game day as well. And Joe Ostrowski joined us. I found myself when I was in Phoenix a few weeks ago. After making it in for the night, I was watching a lot of Key and Peel. And one, because, you know, my doppelganger is there. And two, because it's just really incredible. And some of the stuff that they were doing was so far ahead. Keegan-Michael Key, who hosts the NFL Honors, I I imagine he will continue to host that until he's tired of it because he's really good at it. He was on Rich Eisen's show, and he explained how the college football game intro skit happened. I just would love to know the genesis of that sketch. Yeah, what is that? The genesis came from Jordan playing Madden. When we were doing our pilot, um... We were working out of his apartment, and he was really obsessed with Madden at the time. And one day during a writing session, he said to me, he goes, Keegan, um, do you know that there's a guy who plays for the Jets named DeBrickishaw Ferguson? (laughs) I went, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jordan. And then I go, and then I go, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, that guy? That guy is the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I said, wait till you see some of these college guys' names. Yes. And it was his idea. So then I had said to him, when I said, I don't know if you know, but in professional games, when they introduce the lineups for yes. the players, yes. they'll, you know, they'll do the, like, the little shot of the bust of the guy, and the guy will say his name. He'll say you know, what position he plays and what school he went to. And Jordan didn't know this. And Jordan goes, oh, I didn't know that. I feel like it was a week later, or maybe even two weeks later, he comes into our office and just sets a script in front of me. And it has Jadinkalage Morgoon, La Carpetron Duke Marriott, <laughs> Jack Marius Tech Theratrix, Quattro Quattro. It had all the names in it. Yeah. And I think really the only name I added to the script was Dan Smith from BYU. Yeah. Which is Which brilliant. you had to do Dan Smith from BYU. That is brilliant. And of the name and the school that you would associate yeah. Dan Smith yeah, exactly. with. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the origin of the sketch. That tip-in of Dan Smith BYU is so good. Well, also the fact that they got Joel Myers to do it. And they got, like, like 
they got Debrickishaw Ferguson. Later, later. that was you the know, second time around that they got all of players, those guys. Players started jumping into and it ha-ha because Clinton, yeah, because they the, thought yeah. it was hilarious. Yes, of course it is. But when I mean Jackson Flax and Waxen <laughs> was was the. Ian, <laughs> if these castmates were in the substitute teacher Campiel sketch, how would you pronounce these okay. names? So, oh. Olivia. <laughs> and I'm going to be messing with the last name because the last name, at least she got a normal last name. They're just like going back and watching the sketches from Key and Peele. Like really, really thoughtful and fun and funny. And I think partially because Jordan is a geek geek. Oh, yeah. Big, I mean. And, and Keegan is a sports geek. The crossover for them, even when you start to blend in, like the, the idea that they're both biracial, like it's it really was just terrific. Vegetarian Jeffrey Finn, Texas A and M. The Palace Grill caught fire last night. What? Yes. The Palace Grill caught on fire last night. It's been in business for 86 years. You know exactly where I'm talking, right next to Johnny's Ice House East on Madison Street. We've all been there. I know for those of us who had our our hockey lives centered around that as home. Go right on over. As home ice. There's been a lot of tournaments and pre-practice and post-practice and a lot of ham and eggs. How how bad? Not great. Um, Apparently, George, you know George, the owner. Uh, he said, there's a lot of damage. He said, I assumed it was going to be something small. And he said, I got in the car and I drove over here. I saw the damage and I was stunned. It happened after close, but it apparently burned. All that memorabilia inside, oh, all, all that stuff burned. And That's too bad. They're still investigating the cause, but you're everybody in this city has, has some experience with the Palace Grill. And especially because for years, that's where the Blackhawks practiced. And so they would stop by all the time. It wasn't just a game day thing for for them. That that that's their diner next to their practice facility. Absolutely. Oh, well, it's too I, bad. I, it, I hope that they're taken care of on the insurance front and that they can rebuild. And the great thing about Palace Grill is that because it's 86 years old, those of us who remember what the Near West Side used to be, and they they served everybody. And yep. it was it was, a, it was a, a real Chicago d- a diner. It's a place you could really count on, and it, it, and they're, they've been serving the same stuff there forever, forever, and forever, Jerry. So forever. I'm I'm hopeful that uh, it can be rebuilt, that the memorabilia can be recovered, replaced, that things were insured, and that everything's okay there. Because uh, if, if you're not from this city, if you haven't had a breakfast there. Here's hoping the Palace Grill gets made whole again. That is High Noon. We do it every day around this time. When we come back, you want to get into some X and O stuff? You want to hear about what the Chiefs might be doing to take on the 49ers? We are going to help you out in that regard. Dana Hughes, one of our favorites, is going to join us to break it all down next here on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.